Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. All right, so 1 Peter chapter 5, notice what it says. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, pours around like a roaring lion, spilling things, moving things, breaking things, <laughs> seeking someone to devour, okay? Notice this, resist him, don't resist the person. Resist the devil. Come on, somebody. It's really easy to try to resist a person, but we, how many of you know we only have one adversary, and that is the devil? I know sometimes we think our spouse is the devil. Help me out, somebody, okay? But they're not the devil. Or we sometimes we think our boss is the devil, and he's not the, he's not the devil. We have one devil we deal with, but we have one Jesus who's overcome the devil. Come on. So resist and firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood around the world. So he's making this point here that this is happening to other people. It's not just you. This is happening to other people around the world. This, this type of suffering, this type of pain, this type of situation, this type of loss. But watch this promise right over here. But after a little while, somebody say, after a little while. I love this part. I love this part. After a little while. After a little while, watch this. The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Isn't that good? He will restore. That makes you useful again. He will confirm. He will set the record straight. How many of you could use the record straight? Come on. All right. He will strengthen. He will make you strong and he will establish you. He will make you so solid that you'll be able to walk and the storms of life can come against you and you will not move. How many know that's the will of God for our life? Come on. All right. So this is the promise that God has given us in this series. He's restoring the roar of joy. He's restoring the roar of our health, be it emotional health, physical health. And today, I believe that God wants to restore the roar of honor in our life. That's what we're talking about today, honor. Honor means that you have a good reputation. So to be dishonored means that your reputation got wrecked for whatever reason, whether it's a misunderstanding I venture to believe that maybe there's one or two people in here who've maybe experienced a misunderstanding in their life, right? Have you ever experienced one, right? Misunderstand, you probably misunderstood somebody on the way to church today, come on. All right, so dishonor doesn't happen or a reputation doesn't get wrecked just because somebody misunderstands you. Dishonor or a reputation can get wrecked because maybe it was just a flat out mistake. Or maybe there was just something that happened that somebody didn't really understand. And, and, and how many of you ever found yourself saying this thing? That's not what I meant to say. Have you ever, have you found yourself saying that? that? That's not what I meant, right? And, the other, and you're trying to convince the other person, that's not what I meant. And next thing you know, there's this big explosion that takes place, right? And so maybe, maybe your parents have dishonored you because they didn't believe in you. Or maybe you had a spouse that didn't believe in you. Or maybe you got in words with the boss, a misunderstanding with the boss. Dishonor is all around us, but I want you to know something. God is in the business of restoring honor to our life. Isn't that good news? So sometimes, sometimes it can happen just as a, as a mistake. There's just an inadvertent thing that happens, and you don't realize it. And, and next thing you know, you've got to go repair some things. I heard this story about this, this young pastor who was starting a church, and um, uh, it was in a warm climate, and so he decided to take his family to the water park 
where he, was, he could meet other people and share uh, what's going on with his church and, and invite people to church and that kind of thing. And so I bought a new bathing suit because he was new to the area and, and took his kids there. So swam with the kids for a little bit. He said, hey, I'm going to go off and meet some people and just tell them about what's going on in the church and our new church plant. So he takes off and, and he's meeting people and, and he's noticing that his, his interaction with the people that he, he's meeting is a little cool. Like people aren't really super receptive to this new church being in this area. And so, you know, he's still running around doing his thing and being aggressive and just being kind. And, you know, even though he's not being received very well. And so he finishes doing what he's doing. He's on his way back to, to be with his family. And uh, he's, his wife sees him coming in a distance. And she's like, hey, babe, I thought that the bathing suit you bought was red. Why is it blue? And he realized that he bought the kind of bathing suit that changes colors when it gets wet. You heard of those things? And, and this particular bathing suit had images that showed, and the images on his bathing suit was images of topless women. And so he's running around the water park trying to win people to Jesus. Come on, somebody, help me out. How many of you know this is a guy who's got a reputation that he has to go fix right now, right? It was innocent. It was just a mistake. But he's got some work. No wonder why I had a cool approach. <laughs> so, and, and how many times have we been in situations like that when you set out to do something? You set out and, and it was innocent and people got hurt and people were misunderstood. And this person told this person, this person told that person. And it just starts out like a wildfire. How many of you ever experienced that? Come on. And it leads to hurt feelings. It leads to dishonor. And yet I want you to see a promise here. A promise here in Psalm 71. I want you to see this. This is awesome. Notice what it says here in verse 21. It says, you will restore me to even greater honor. Somebody say, greater honor. Come on. He makes this promise here. You're going to restore to me even greater honor and comfort me once again. The writer who wrote this was a king. And he had people in his, in his court and people in his trusted advisor, advisors that, that took his words and twisted them and turned the kingdom against him. And he had to go through this very hard period where he had to trust God to restore him. And history tells us that God actually did restore him. But God not only restored his honor, but the promise here is he gave him greater honor. And I really believe that's what God is saying to us today, that if your honor has been distorted, or if there's been a dishonor in a relationship or a dishonor in some part of your life, God today is saying he wants to restore it even with greater honor. Anybody want some greater honor in this place today, all right? That's what this is about, okay? All right, so I want you guys to see this and, and be ready because I really believe that whether it was a misunderstanding whether it was something that was done intentionally or, or something that, that was just a, a flat misunderstanding by everybody that's involved, God is big enough to restore that honor. He wants to restore the roar of honor today. Okay, so I was 26 years old, and I was working for a very large ministry. And my job in this ministry was to travel with this well-known minister and we did venues all around the world. And so in this particular time, we were doing a big venue in the local city that we were working in. And so this particular venue that he was going to be doing was, uh, was, uh, uh, was right around the corner from the office. And actually, it was going to be televised locally as well. So he was the speaker. 
And my job was to do what the tech guys do back over there. And, and I, I would get them all ready to, to take the platform. And then I would go back to the tech booth and I would wait there and I would watch the service and I would monitor the service from there. And so he was a singer as well. And so part of my job was to cue up the track that he would always sing to. He sang first and then he, then he preached, which was okay. And so because I knew that this minister had this propensity to change his mind at the last minute, like a lot of us ministers do. Help me out, somebody. Come on. Um, we just are that way, you know? Um, and so I had this little pad of paper I carried with me every, at every service, and I'd open up and say, what's the song going to be today? And he always got the two songs mixed up, Ask of Me and Even Me, okay? And so I, that's why I had this piece of paper, okay? So I said, hey, what's it going to be today? Okay, we're going to do Ask of Me tonight. Okay, so I wrote down Ask of Me, wrote it down, put it in my pocket, Got them all set up, went up into the, the tech area. The, the cameras are rolling, and he's getting ready to come up to be introduced, okay? And the deal was, when he got introduced, I hit the track so he could start singing, okay? And so, got up, it was introduced, and I hit the track. What was the track called? Ask of Me. Ask of Me, okay? So that's what I hit, Ask of Me. And so, he's hearing the music, and in the middle of the music rolling, he stops, and he yells at me from the platform, Dino, I asked for even me, not ask of me. How many times do we have to go through this? There's 2,000 people in the audience. Television cameras rolling, and all eyes are on me now. Boom. You guys know when sound doesn't go right in here, what do you guys all do? Right? Thank God for Scott and all. I love all those tech guys. Give them a great big God bless you. Come on. We love you guys. We love you guys. Okay. So there's a moment here. There, I wrote the right song down. He forgot. And now he's having this meltdown. Okay? Preachers do that sometimes, okay? He's having a meltdown in front of 2,000 people, and he's yelling at me. And I, and I could feel, have you ever been in a situation like that where, like, all the blood just leaves your body? And then a gazillion thoughts are flying through your mind about what you want to do. I want to run out of here. I want to punch him. I want to do something violent, okay? Have you ever been there? Okay. I'm talking to a bunch of holy people today. You've never had a thought like that? Come on. So I'm sitting here. What am I going to do? And so it was, there was a chill in the air after he yelled at me, okay? And the guy was trying to teach and sing, and, and the service didn't go very well. And the whole thing was on television, Okay. Yeah, so I didn't know what to think. The service is over, and I was, you know, he just went on, tried to figure out, you know, why the service wasn't as successful. Didn't realize it was because he yelled at me in front of 2,000 people, and I had to go home and just deal with my own emotions and stuff like this. And all along, I wrote the right song down. Are you with me? And so um, I tried, you know, tried to get sleep that night, had a staff meeting the next day, and so there were 30 people on that staff, and when I walked in that room, every single staff member approached me and said, how are you going to stay on staff here? What? That was so wrong. You need to quit today. You need to just leave. He doesn't deserve to have someone like you on his team. There's just no way. Someone's got to set the record straight. And I had one person pull me aside after the next, after the next, after the next, and just filling my head. Now, here's the deal. I knew God called me to go there. I knew it. 
And I knew that I was there for a season. There was something there for me to get. But yet, at the same time, all this stuff was coming against me. All of this, this turmoil. Come on, have you ever been there? So misunderstood, so dishonored that you don't know what to do. And I'm telling you, I really believe God wants to fix some things where honor is concerned today. Do you guys believe that here today? And I believe the Bible gives us some remedy. I believe the Bible shows us a step-by-step process that we can follow in the grace of God, that we can follow scripturally and allow the Holy Spirit to help us to get through this. Anybody interested in restoring a little bit of honor in your life here today? Come on. Anybody interested in getting maybe some relationships restored, getting some misunderstandings straightened out? You've been pushing buttons. You've been pulling levers. You've been trying to do it on your own with no success. How about we just trust God here today and see if he can actually do the word of God? Anybody in the house believe that here today? Come on. All right, so I want you to see this. Let's go over to Romans chapter 12 and let's take a look at this scripture because I believe the remedy is found right here. I believe if we'll follow God's roadmap and God's way, I really believe that we can walk in all the things that Jesus said that we can walk in. You heard me say last week, Jesus came to give us life and what? Life more abundant. That's the life that he came to give us. And so I really believe there's a victorious walk that God has called all believers to walk in, okay? And so right here in Romans chapter 12, we have this this remedy, all right? So now you're in this little season, the little season that we talked about, and you want to come out of it. You want the joy restored. You want your health restored. You want your honor restored. Look at this remedy right over here. All right, Romans chapter 12. Let's read this. We'll read it all the way through. Okay, notice what it says. It says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Live peaceably with all people, all right? Beloved, never avenge yourselves. You know, sometimes I wish you could just take that part of the Bible right there, you know? You know, because, all right, now I know I'm talking to a bunch of holy people again, okay? So, how many of you tried to avenge yourself? All right, put your hands up for a second. How many of you are on social media? Okay. How many of you ever tried to avenge yourself on social media? Come on. All right, all right, see, you, you see, this, 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 this happens. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Watch this, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it's written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. In the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Man, we don't want to hear this part. We don't want to hear this part. If your enemy is hungry, you should feed him. I want to punch him. Come on, somebody. Right? If your enemy is hungry, he says, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. What does this mean? This is interesting. This is an Egyptian tradition. And in Egypt, this is what would happen with somebody who understood that they wronged somebody. Okay, when they, when they realized that they actually were responsible for dishonoring somebody, and they came to their senses and it was brought to their attention, they would get a bull and they would start burning coals in it, okay? And embers would, and the smoke would, would, would fly up and they would put it on their head. And they would walk around the community with like this because it was their way of apologizing and making the situation right. Okay? Isn't this awesome? I wonder what that would be like in our society today. <laughs> My wife said this to me. She said, wow, what, 
What if every time somebody outed you on social media, you had to go get one of those bowls and walk around? Come on, right? I want to be a bowl maker. Come on, I think you can make a lot of money, all right? So think about this. Think about this. So the the whole idea here is by being kind and by following God's remedy, you get the end result. Don't we want the end result anyways, right? We want the end result of restoration. We want the end result of, of honor being restored, right? And so this is telling us there's a way to get there. There's a way to do it. And I really believe if we'll follow this wholeheartedly, if we'll allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, I really believe we can catch something here today that will change our life forever, okay? Come on, look what it says here. We're gonna go back and we're gonna reread these scriptures because the remedy is right here in, the, in, in Romans. It's a short message here today. And I, I really believe, let me, just, let me just throw this in here today. Because I really believe in this restoration, in this work of restoration that God is doing. He's not only restoring our health and our joy and our honor. Next week, we're going to talk about his role in restoring our finances. Can I just put this little commercial out here today? I believe I'm going to show you some scripture next week that can show you that how even though you've made poor financial decisions, okay, and you've been beating yourself up, and you have been you know, hard on yourself, the Bible will show us how God can take even that and restore your finances. How many of that's good news right there, huh? Because that's how God, he, that's how he does it. We're in a season of restoration. So turn to the person next to you. Come on, tell them, don't beat yourself up. Come on, fine, tell them, tell them, tell them. And then find somebody else and tell them, don't worry, be happy. Come on, tell them, tell them, to loosen up a little bit. Come on. All right. All right. All right, so, and here's, a, let me say this too. The reason, why, um, the reason why a message like this works in the context of a church or a local setting like this is because sometimes when you get into an honor situation or you're getting into restoration, it's awesome to be around people who are going through the same thing. And you're part of a community. You're part of a group of people. You know, have, you know when you find out that you're not the only person going through something, how many of there's a there's a measure of comfort in that, right? And so I promise you, if you start talking to people in this room right now, somehow, one way or another, somebody's been going through something, okay? It's the way it works, okay? And when we're all part of a community, we're going through this together. This is the reason why I love what Joe said, being a part of a local church is so important because if you're not a part of one, I'm gonna encourage you to get plugged in. But if this isn't the right place for you, then we're good with that. And I'll be mad at you for a little bit, but I'll, but I'll get over it, I promise you. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So, but, but the deal is, but the bottom line though, is it's so important, especially today, to get plugged into a good local church where someone's going to teach you about the victorious living, how much God loves you, and all the things that Joe talked about earlier today, okay? And I'm going to invite you guys today, too, at the end of our service is what we call our steps. Steps is our opportunity where, where this is how we introduce you to what, what happens here at Revolution Church. And steps, it happens directly after the service. It takes about 45 minutes or so. Lunch is free, childcare is free, it's all on us, but it's an opportunity to meet other people who are considering this church, and today especially, it's called Discovery. It's where we're going to learn how you're wired, 
how your past, why you do the things that you do, why you act the way that you act, why, why you have the belief system that you have. It's an opportunity for you to find out how God wired you. And when you find out how God wired you, then you can start stepping into your passion. You can start doing stuff with a little bit more purpose. And so I want to encourage you guys to stay today. If you're considering Revolution Church, come back there. It's, it's, it's following our, the service. You'll see a place out there called Steps. Is that okay? All right. Nice little commercial there for you. And, and that was absolutely free. Won't charge you anything. Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, Romans chapter 12. Let's see, let's talk about this remedy. Let's talk about this remedy. A lot of you guys want to know how that story ended up. I can feel it. You're angry with me because I hadn't finished the story. I can sense it. So, but that, that's done on purpose. So, because I make sure you pay attention. So, praise the Lord. All right, Romans chapter 1. Now, let's take a look. Let's break this down. There's four things I think you're going to see here that are going to help us in the remedy, in dishonor fixing up some misunderstandings, fixing up some things that may be going, that might be going on in our families, with loved ones. You know, this is actually a really good message as we're getting ready to go into the holidays. Well, you know, I know y'all have all these really whole relationships and you just love getting together with your family. I just know that you have no issues. I just know that. So I'm really just preaching this message to me, okay? All right, all right. Verse 18, if possible, Romans 12, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I love this scripture. So far as it depends on you. Here's what this means. We do our part to straighten out a misunderstanding. We do our part to try to fix it. We do our part to try to do it in love and to try to do it in the grace of God. But we might face a situation where the other party doesn't want to hear it, where the other party is not interested. Come on. I'm not talking to anybody here today. Where the other party just doesn't want to hear it. Whether they don't want to hear it or they're too hurt to hear it or they're they're so swayed in their viewpoint of the way things went down, it doesn't matter. But the scripture gives you an out right here. It says, so far as it concerns you, be peaceful or be at peace with all men. See, this involves you. This involves you being at peace, all right? And here's the reason why it's so important to remain at peace, all right? Because if you're not at peace, then the next thing happens, okay? You're going to want to avenge yourself. You're going to want to take matters into your own hands and you're going to try to fix something, all right? Now, wh- where's all the honest people in here that would say to me, yeah, I tried to fix a few things and I only made it worse. Come on, somebody. Amen. Right? I tried to fix it and I only made it worse. I tried, to, I tried to and it pushed people away. I tried to and exploded even more. I tried to and the misunderstanding just brought in other people, oh my gosh, have you ever been there where other people now start getting involved? That's called third-party offense, and third-party offense is the absolute worst, okay? Here's the reason why, because when you get something right with somebody and that third person doesn't know that you've gotten it right, they're still holding on to offense that they had, not even with you directly, but you got it right with the person that you're with. Are you with me? They could go years being mad at you without even realizing you got it right with somebody. Okay, so the issue here is... Be at peace with all people. 
and, and be at peace with yourself so much as it concerns you, all right? The enemy wants you to be all embroiled. The enemy wants you all mixed up inside. The enemy wants you all discombobulated in here so you don't think straight, so you can't make right decisions, so you don't sleep so that you're caught in anxiety and you're caught up with the woulda, shoulda, coulda, or I'm going to say this and all the rehearsals and all the things we talked about last night. That's what the enemy's plan would be, right? But notice what it says over here in verse 19. It says, never avenge yourself. That word never is a double negative. Here's what it actually means. It means this. It says, don't even think about it. Come on. Don't even Think about it. Man, I, I just, that part's hard. Because I like to make movies in my mind too. Come on, somebody, help me out. <laughs> that part's hard. That's hard. But the scripture teaches, don't even think about it. So just shout that with me. Don't even think about it. Come on. Don't even Come on, say it again. It sounds really good. Don't even think about it. Come on. Don't even think about it. You know why? You're going to feel the need to defend yourself. It's natural instinct. You're going to feel the need to want to fix it. We're all wired that way. You're going to feel the need to just, I got to tell my side of the story. You're going to feel that need, right? You're going to feel the need to deal with all the thoughts. You're going to feel the need. And here's the deal. Something inside you says you're going to feel better after you've gotten it out. But it's only going to get worse. That's why the Bible says never. Somebody say never. Come on. Never. never avenge yourself. Never, never, ever. Because you're going to feel the need. And if you attempt to avenge yourself, here's what I found. And I'm sure you found the same thing. That you end up just prolonging the situation. It just, you keep driving the wedge in deeper. You keep driving the nail in deeper. It just goes deeper and deeper. I'm telling you, God has a remedy to restore honor in our life. How many of you could use some honor restored in your life here today? Come on. All right. So, Romans chapter 12, verse 19, it says this. All right, now this is the next part right here. All right. Leave it to the wrath of God, for it's written, vengeance is mine I will repay. See, there it is. Mm-hmm. God's going to get you. <laughs> oh, how many, how many ever heard? How many ever said this? He had it coming. Come on, you guys. Oh, he deserved it. He got what he deserved. All right. <laughs> God bless your heart. God, he got what he deserved. Mm-mm. God got him real good. David was right. Smite my enemy, Lord. Yeah, Lord, smite my enemy. Come on. It's not, that's not what this means, though. I know it's comfort. <laughs> it feels good to, to think, oh, God's going to take a sword and cut all these people's heads off. I know, I know that might feel good. But that's not what this means. The wrath of God, and I hope you guys get this. This is part of something that's so beautiful. There's such a beautiful revelation right here. Leave it to the wrath of God. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. The wrath of God is a tricky subject 
Because from movies to maybe some things that we've heard about the Old Testament, the wrath of God opening the ground, opening up and swallowing people, you know, and, and on, you've seen it in movies and, oh, you know, God's going to get them vengeance and all this stuff. The wrath of God, there used to be a day when the wrath of God was just that. It was the wrath of God. And the wrath of God wasn't wrath because God was just angry because he was an angry God. It had nothing to do with that. The wrath of God was, it had everything to do with what happened in the Garden of Eden. When Adam sinned, when he fell in the garden, sin came into the human race. A holy God and sin can't exist together. Hence, the wrath of God, okay? And so to protect man, okay, God came up with this elaborate blood sacrifice system. You read about this in the Old Testament and all the sacrificial system would go on. And as that blood was sacrificed, it would cover sin and it would appease the wrath of God. It, it would appease the holiness of God, okay? But this is what is so awesome. And you're gonna hear me say this again and again and again. Romans chapter 5 clearly tells us that the wrath of God was completely satisfied in Jesus 2,000 years ago when he hung on the cross. The scripture says that his wrath was completely satisfied that day. This is what this means. That means the wrath of God is no longer considered towards you and me any longer. Let me put it down in layman's terms. God is not mad at us anymore. That's a great place to shout amen, somebody, all right? God is not mad at man anymore. Why? Because the wrath was satisfied in Jesus. That's the reason why we worship Jesus in this place, guys. We worship Jesus because Jesus just didn't die a bloody death. He took the wrath. He took the sin of all mankind. So where now this holy God that we serve, he's no longer just a holy God. He can now be heavenly father to us. Come on. He can be heavenly father to where we come boldly to the throne of grace. We come boldly into the presence of God now. His wrath has been satisfied. His wrath has been appeased. So what does this mean then? Leave room for the wrath of God. What does this mean? Here's what it means in simplest terms. It means leave room for God to fix this because he is God who knows the end from the beginning and he can fix it better than anybody. Come on. Leave room for God to fix it. See, when we try to fix it ourselves, and we're caught up in our mind and, and I'm, I'm jockeying for position to try to fix this and I'm going to try to say this to fix this and I'm going to meet with this person to try to fix this. I really believe God is over here. He's just saying, he's waiting for us to tire out. He's just waiting for us. He says, well, if you're going to try to fix it, then why am I going to try to fix it? And he waits. He waits for us to stop and come to the end of ourself. And I pray today that we come to the end of ourself and we just say, Lord, only you can fix this. Come on. Only you can fix this. Only you can fix the brokenness. Only you can fix the misunderstanding. Only you can communicate to that person that's not what I meant. Only you can fix that business situation. Only you can restore the kids. Only you can restore the love and the relationship with that spouse. Only God can do that. This is what this means. Leave room. For God to do it. Now, how many of you would agree with me that God can fix things a lot better than we can fix them? 
I'm telling you, God wants to fix a few things in here. I sense it so strong. I'm going to say this because I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to say this. There's somebody in here, you've been estranged from your family for whatever reason, misunderstanding. It's been a dishonor situation all the way around. By Christmas, it'll be completely changed. You'll have the best Christmas in your life. I'm telling you right now. I feel that by the Spirit of God right now. You'll have the best Christmas of your life. Do you receive that here today? Come on. Oh, I just love the Lord, don't you? When you lift up Jesus like this, and when you trust him to fix stuff, when you trust him to work it out, that's what this means. Leave room for God to do it. Throw your hands up and say, Lord, I trust you to do this. In fact, we could just all do this right now, right now. Would you just close your eyes just for a second and just put your hands up right above your shoulders and just say, Lord, you fix it. Come on, say it. Lord, you fix it. I just believe he's fixing stuff all in this congregation. He's fixing it. He's fixing it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's important to stay at peace because when you stay at peace, you allow the Holy Spirit to give you instruction. You allow the Holy Spirit to help you fix the situation. So I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should quit. I didn't know if I should leave. I didn't know if I should write a scathing letter of resignation. I didn't know. I was, I was so caught up inside. But I, I told myself, I'm going to stay at peace. I'm here for a reason. I'm going to stay at peace. And I believe staying in that place of peace, the Lord gave me some direction on how to attack the situation. Now, remember, the whole staff wants me to quit, right? The embarrassment on television, you know, and so the embroilment. And so I stayed at peace, and I knew that I was at this ministry for a reason. And so in the middle of all that drama, I, let me just say, I was in the middle of my little while. Come on. And I wanted my little while to pass. How many of you know you want your little while to pass? Come on. I was in my little while. I wanted this to pass. I wanted this yuckiness on the inside to pass. We all have experienced this. And the Lord gave me an analogy to share with my boss. And I knew that he and I would be traveling by ourselves to this next ministry thing. There was a guy who had a private plane that, that flew us around sometimes. And so it was just him and I in the back of this private plane and we were flying to the next venue. So I had a captive audience with my boss. And I said, uh, can I, I wanna share something with you, run something by you, you know, that it just a story that I heard. I, I just kinda wanna run this by you. Would you be open to let me share this with you? He said, sure. I said, so this, this young couple was married and, it, and her husband was going through a difficult time at work and it was his birthday. And so she really wanted to make it super special for him on this day. She wanted to make this birthday special. And so she took time off work and she was gonna cook his favorite meal. She was gonna make sure the house is all clean. She was gonna make sure that, that everything was just so perfect and so right from when he came home right? It would just be an awesome escape from the hard time that he'd been experiencing at work, okay? 
So she does this, man. She, she does. She takes the time off. She cleans the house all day. She cooks his, his favorite spread, spends, spends half the day cooking vegetables, baking, cooking, everything, dessert, the whole nine, candles, fragrances, the whole shot. She was going to make this a special day for him, okay? So she gets herself all dialed up, makeup, dress, the whole thing. He comes home completely surprised, sees her, sees the house, smells the food, smells the fragrance, amazed, blown away. And so he's just like, wow, what have I done to deserve this? She's just like, happy birthday. This is my birthday present to you. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. She's like, here, sit in, in this chair in front of the television like you like to do for a few minutes while I finish dinner. This is your day. And he's just like pumped. This is amazing. So she goes in the kitchen and puts all the food out and just does it so perfect with candles and, and silverware on the right places. How many know we never put the silverware in the right places? Come on, put the silverware in the right places. And so just making it so perfect. And he, and she says, hey, honey, come on into the kitchen. Dinner's right. And he walks in and he sees this spread and he's blown away again. And so he sits down at his spot at the table. And he's just like, wow, I can't believe that you did this for me. Then she puts a plate in front of him. And it's his, his, his favorite dish. It's steak. And, and, and he just, it's got his vegetables and everything on there. And he, and he cuts into his steak. And he's just happy. And he takes a bite of it. And he just, his face just changes all of a sudden. And he slams his silverware down. And he says to her, how many times do I have to tell you I like my steak medium rare? Not well done. This steak is too well done. You know what his, my boss said? Without me even finishing the story, he says, that man deserved to be shot. I was like, well, I wasn't going to go that extreme. And he just was so enamored by my story. I stayed at peace. I said, hey, the other night when we did that service, I pulled out the piece of paper. I said, I wrote down the right song. You called an audible. And you yelled at me in front of 2,000 people on national television. That dishonored me. And I didn't know what to do about that. And I felt like I was the woman that made this meal for you. And because you called an audible, you slammed me in front of all those people. And he started to cry in that airplane. It was just him and I, tears. And I just knew it was a God moment, like I'm experiencing right now, a God moment. When you allow the Holy Spirit to keep you at peace, because the enemy's plan was to sever that relationship, but God had a different plan. Come on. We've been singing a song every week, what the enemy meant for destruction. God turns around for good. He started to cry, apologize. I just can't believe I did that to you. Oh my gosh. He said, people, people brought it to my attention, but I didn't think it was a big deal because you're just so strong, you know, and it seems like nothing ever bothers you. But I am so sorry. He apologized. And it was great. And I was just, I felt this thing just lift off of me. Have you ever been there where you got something right and think something just lifts, right? So I, I'm in this place and I'm, we had an awesome meeting. We were at a correctional facility that night great service, flew back that night. 
I was on cloud nine, man, just, okay, thank you, Lord, for restoring this. And that is the, that's the place that God has for you, a place of that cloud nine feeling where he's restored those relationships. He's restored that business relationship, that family relationship. Maybe it's a situation with, 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 with a child who's dishonored you. It's God's will for it to be restored, you guys. Come on, you get this. And so we're going to staff meeting the next day. I'm just walking on cloud nine. And none of the staffers know what happened in that airplane. They were just still stewing about something that happened a week ago. And so my boss walks in at the top of the meeting. He says, I got to make an announcement. The very first thing today, I need to apologize to Dino. He brought something to my attention. And I just, I need to publicly apologize to him for what I did to him. And I want you guys all to know I was wrong. It was just like a mic drop moment in that room because this man never apologized to anyone. And so what happened, God used me in this situation to help break a barrier for him as well. Are you with me? I mean, the honor was so restored. In fact, by the time I left there, and this is not a, not a lie, this is, I wouldn't exaggerate this. I knew my season had, had come to an end, but they thought I was leaving there for money and it wasn't for, for money. It was something that the Lord was doing in me, but they offered to pay me six times my salary to keep me at that spot. They wanted me to run the whole organization. And did you go from this place of dishonor to this place of honor? I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for the apology. I didn't ask for the financial offer. I didn't ask for any of that. You know what happened? Greater honor. Come on, somebody. That's what the Psalm says. He would restore greater honor. Are you getting this? Oh, that's just for you because you're a pastor. No, that's for everybody that would believe the word of God. Do I have any believers in this place here today? I want to end with this last, this last thing here. I want you to see this because one word from God can change your life forever. Romans chapter 12, verse 19, or, or 19, it says this. It says, we, we already talked about this. It says, never avenge yourself, okay? You got that, we got that. But the word in front of that is the word I want to close with here today. This is an amazing word, guys. It says, beloved, never avenge yourself. Beloved, Never eventually. Always remember this. God puts things in the word of God on purpose and for a reason. And not just there just because they're there. They're there because there's a very specific thing that the Holy Spirit wants to get, get over to us. So when it says beloved, don't avenge yourself. Now, I used to just blow over that word beloved because I'm like, who talks that way today? Beloved, you know, who talks that way? Until I started to understand this, that this is a very, very powerful word. One word out of the word of God if you understand properly, can change your whole life forever, guys. Beloved. The scripture says, beloved, never avenge yourself. What, is this, what was he meaning by this? Beloved, never avenge yourself. Here's what he was saying. When you get into a season, when you feel like you want to avenge yourself, you aren't in it alone. You may think you're alone, but you're really not alone. Because this scripture says, beloved, don't avenge. In other words, this word beloved means this. It means one who is loved by God. I'll take it a step further. One who knows he's loved by God, don't avenge yourself. Isn't that good? 
one who has the security of knowing how loved you are from the Father, don't avenge yourself. Why? It's so easy when you know that the Father loves you and that he's, that you are in him and he's in you. Your power to, to restrain, your power to not avenge yourself comes from knowing that you're the beloved, not just because you're trying to do it in your own willpower. Are you getting this? See, the scripture says in Ephesians 1 that you and I have been accepted in the beloved. That means we've been accepted in Christ. We've been accepted in God's love, not because of anything you've done or anything that I've done, but entirely based on everything Jesus did. We are accepted now by God because of what Jesus did. Jesus died on the cross. Dino didn't die on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. Tino didn't die on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. Are you getting this? And when you understand that we are accepted because of what Jesus did, it's a game changer. We're the beloved. God's not mad at me. God's not looking for ways to discipline me. God's not looking for ways to take things from me. That's not the kind of God we serve. We serve a God where we're in the beloved. Come on, are you getting this, somebody? You're in the beloved. You're in the family now, and nothing can take that away. That's the reason why our vision is so strong here about discovering God's unchanging love. The enemy wants you to think God's love for you goes up and down. God's love for you goes in and out. The enemy wants you to think that God's love for you is conditional. You love me, I'll love you back. I don't love you, then, then you won't love me back. The enemy wants you to think it's set up that way, but I want you to know something today, guys. God's love for you is so unconditional. He loves all the time. He's a machine of love that will not ever stop loving you. You know why? That's what the Word of God says, and that's what I choose to believe. Any believers in here today? I believe that's why we're here, is to help people discover God's unchanging love. Help people understand how loved you are, how deeply loved you are, that you really are in the beloved in a way that maybe you've never allowed yourself to understand. God loves you. And not only does he love you, he wants to repair those things. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to leave room. He wants you to walk free. Oh man, you know, it's, when, when you hold on to something, it's like a ship that's tied to a dock. It, it just, it's trying to get away and it can't because it's still tied. It's trying to get away because it's still tied. But when you cut that rope or when you loosen that rope, the ship takes off and you know what's available to it? Open seas, open possibilities, openness for everything dreams and possibilities. Are you guys getting this here today, huh? Letting go and letting God do some stuff in this place is so amazing. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in here, I just want to pray for you guys. You're in the beloved. We're in the beloved. And if you never knew that, I pray, I pray that you hear this message again and again. We're gonna to try to make it available online. Listen to it again. Understand that you're the beloved, that God loves you. Maybe you're here today and you came in 
with some wrong thinking about who God was. And maybe you came in today understanding that maybe God was mad at you or the wrath of God and not understanding why things happen in the world the way they happen. You're far from God. Most important thing we could do in this meeting right now is for us to come to a place to where we say, face to, or we come face to face with a living God and make a real living decision. We've already said it before that we, all men, we, you, me, have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why Jesus had to die for us. That's why his blood had to be shed so that we could become children of God. We could become the beloved of God. But that step is required to receive Christ, to recognize what he did 2,000 years ago, to recognize his finished work on the cross. That's the reason why becoming a Christian is so important because that's the thing that brings us into the family. That's the thing that makes us the beloved. And in a moment here, I'm just gonna pray with you today and ask you guys, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Dino, I have never invited Christ into my heart. I've never heard about this kind of a Christ. I never heard about this kind of a Jesus. I want you to know today that that's available to you today. And we wanna make it available to you. And it'll change your life forever. You know, it, it, not asking you to join a church or join a club, that's not what this is about. This is about an eternal decision you're making with you and God, with you and Jesus. And when you leave this earth, when your time on earth expires, you will spend eternity with God, eternity in the beloved, eternity loved by a father, by a God who loves us despite our changeability, who loves us despite us. This is who we get to spend eternity with. So if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I've never invited Christ into my life. I want to give you that invitation. You say, you're here today, Pastor, do you know, and you've never or you're away from God. You feel like you're distant from the Lord. You feel like you're hearing all this stuff about restoration, and this is your season of coming back to God, coming back into the things of God. Please, with every head bowed and every eye closed, please, no one looking around. This is such an amazing moment right here. If you're here today for any one of those two reasons, I want to pray with you, and I want to come into agreement with you, but I got to see your hand nice and high. On count of three, I'm going to ask you to Put your hand up so I can agree with you. I promise you, no one's looking around. It's a holy moment between you and the Lord and me because I want to pray with you and come into agreement with you. If you say that to me, Pastor Dino, for one of those two reasons, I want to receive Christ and I want to come back to God. Please put your hand up nice and high so I can see. Nice and high in this room. Let me see. Please. No one looking around. What an amazing moment. What an amazing moment. Awesome, awesome. So let's pray this prayer together. So Heavenly Father, I believe your word is true. I believe Jesus, you died for my sins. And you were raised from the dead to pay for my sins. I confess you as my Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a great shout in place. Come on, come on. Come on, come on.
awesome, awesome, awesome. Do me a great big favor. In a moment, um, as we get ready to worship God with our giving, um, I want you to take, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, whether you received Christ or you've uh, you recommitted your life, do me a great big favor. Tear out the bottom of that connection card like Joe said. Okay, fill it out in its entirety. Do me a great big favor. You can turn that card in one of two ways. You go to our new here area where they have a free gift for you guys. It's absolutely free on us. Our way of just saying thank you for being here. We have some things we want to give you. Or if you don't want to do that, just put it in the bucket as that offering bucket passes, okay? It's just our opportunity to, to say, hey, we're just grateful with you or for you. We want to come in agreement with you. We have a no hassle guarantee here at Revolution. We don't bug you. We don't want to bore you. We don't want to, we don't want to do anything like that. But we just want to come into agreement with you just to be sure that you're on your way with your next steps with God. Is that okay? Um, also, um, at this time is a time when we actually worship God with our giving, okay? Oh, let me just say this too. On the back of that uh, sheet is a, worship, is a prayer uh, request as well. If you have a prayer request, fill that out and, and put that in the bucket as it passes because we will pray for your prayer requests. We pray here for over for things at, at Revolution, and so we're just excited to be praying for your requests as well, okay? All right, so we do this here at this part of the service. We worship God with our giving. We feel like this is what the scripture teaches, and we always say we want to worship God with our tithes and with our offerings at this type of at this time of the service. And the reason why we do this is because we really believe that when you give into a ministry like this, you're giving it to God. You're not giving it to me. You're not giving it to this team. You're giving it to God. And you're making an investment in people's lives that we're touching. Yesterday, a team went out and did a gas outreach and touched 42 cars, over 100 people. Yesterday, they went out there. It was cold. It was amazing. Well, when you give into a ministry like this, it enables us to do those kind of things. It enables us to put money into our children's ministry, to our outreaches, into the different kinds of things. The Bible tells us that when we give into a ministry like this, it is a form of worship which is the reason why we do it right here. When we give to God, it's like worshiping God with our giving. It's saying, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my money. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my body. I want you to be the Lord of every part of me. And if money is a big part of everything that we do. And so when we worship God with our giving, we're saying, Lord, I, I don't want money to control me. I want you to control my money. I have news for you. When God controls your money, he knows how to multiply it. Come on, somebody. So when we worship God with our giving, we're saying, I surrender. And the Bible says that when we give, it's given back to us. And I don't know how God does it, but it's give, he's given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what the scripture teaches. He just does this in this amazing, beautiful way. It's awesome. And so as, we're, as we get ready to give here, I want you to consider giving to God, not giving to Dino. And as you do, you're coming into agreement with God and your finances. Is that good? All right. So ushers, why don't you get ready to come? We're going to pray. And when we, we, after we pray, you guys can receive the offering and then we'll close you guys with someone else. Did you guys get anything out of this here today? Come on. Awesome. Well, just based on your response, I'm not really certain or not. So, but I think we're going to get used to each other. Is that okay? All right, all right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. Lord, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to plant this church. I'm so grateful, Father, for the opportunity to teach your word. I'm so grateful for the opportunity, Lord God, to help people see how loved they are in the kingdom, how beloved they really are. And so, Father, today, I just ask you to bless them. Bless their giving today. Bless them as they go. 
out from this place, Lord God. Open doors for them that only you can open, Lord. Create opportunities for them that only you can create for them. Let them know, Lord, it was you who did these things. And so, Lord, we just give you honor and glory today. Ask you to bless our time today. Bless the people as they leave this place, Lord God, that they would have the greatest week of their life in all that they do. And we will give you all the glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Come on, everybody said. Everybody said. All right, come on, put your hands together. Come on, come on, come on, come on for the Lord. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Come on. Let's